Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Oi. Oi. Sorry. Uh, the mic's not, uh, we're working. <laughs> Hey now. Hey now. And welcome back to the show where two childhood friends discuss their favourite childhood movies. I'm Emily Sandford. And I'm Barney Lee. And whether it's iconic lines, musical moments, or just questionable outfit choices, the films we'll be talking about on our show are unique in their own way. And this week, we'll be discussing Bridget Jones's Diary. Warning, this episode contains nostalgia and big love for Kafka's motorbike. The greatest book of our time. Obviously, except for your books, Mr. Rushdie, which are also very good. And Lord Archer, yours aren't bad either. (laughs) Bridget Jones's Diary. Oh my goodness. I feel for her. I am not one for public speaking. So watching that scene, oh, I was cringing the whole time. What a film. This year marks its 20 year anniversary. Honestly, I feel like we time this with every podcast record. It's not on purpose. The stars align. They knew that it was this was coming. Yeah, and we don't plan it. (laughs) Yep. So this adaptation is based on Helen Fielding's novel of the same name. Before that, based on a column that Helen Fielding wrote in a newspaper in the 90s. Mm -hmm. This adaptation stars Renee Zellweger as Bridget Jones. She's this messy 32-year-old English single woman who writes in a diary, uh, which just focuses on the things that happen in her life. And I feel like just over the years, it's kind of become part of the English pop culture with Bridget Jones just being this British icon. Yeah, I feel like when you tell people that you're single instantly they think of Bridget Jones <laughs> I don't know does anyone refer to a 32 year old as a spinster anymore oh my gosh that threw me and that's like the first scene in the film yeah this film could not be made today this film has been so popular with fans across the world the only people who didn't like Bridget Jones diary apparently according to the internet yeah. are wine sellers So they basically accused Bridget Jones's character for the decline in sales of Chardonnay. What? I know. So one of Britain's best-selling wine writers, this guy called Oz Clark, he basically said that the character's association with the wine hurt its reputation. So until Bridget Jones, Chardonnay was like really sexy. And then after the film, people were like, oh God, no, not in my bar. (gasps) Well, I've always heard the thing 
ABC, anything but Chardonnay. Oh. So has that maybe emerged since Bridget Jones came out? Oh, Chardonnay's nice though. Yeah, I think it's fine. I mean, I'm not picky. <laughs> Whatever gets me drunk. Yeah. <laughs> so Renee Zellweger gained 25 pounds for the role. And prior to filming, she actually worked at a British publishing company for a month to kind of prepare herself for the role. And um, when she was at this publishing house, apparently she adopted an alias and also was able to like practice her posh accent. And she wasn't recognized by people working there. And at the time, Renee was dating Jim Carrey. And on her desk, she had a framed picture of Jim Carrey because, you know, it was her boyfriend. And workers who didn't recognize Renee Zellweger must have just been like, okay, this girl is insane. Why she got a framed picture from like a magazine? Oh my God. Like out of all the celebs as well, you'd be like, that's kind of niche. It's like, oh, it's Ace Ventura. Or like the the Grinch. (laughs) Imagine if the picture was him in the Grinch. Yeah, this is what turns me on. (laughs) Do you know what? I feel really bad for saying this, but it wasn't actually that long ago that I found out Renee wasn't English. I don't know why (gasps) I've always had in my head that she was British. I thought her accent was uh, maybe a little bit more posh than her character. Because her accent in real life is this really, well, heavy Texan accent. Yeah. So it's just like absolutely mind blown. And actually there was a lot of controversy when the film came out because people were actually mad that they'd cast an American woman to play her. And it's just like, oh, she played Bridget better than any, you know, British girl could have done. I couldn't imagine anyone else. While she was filming, Renee stayed in her accent, even offset, just so that her mind's completely in character. She didn't stray. And um, it wasn't until the rap party that Hugh Grant heard her speak in her American accent for the first time. And he was like, what a strange voice she's using. And then he he realized, (laughs) oh, that's her normal speaking voice. Imagine if he came up to him and was like, why are you putting on an accent? Have you ever done that? Like when you're at a bar or something with your friends and you just decide for fun to put on a different accent. (laughs) My Australian comes out after a few Merlots. (laughs) I do love the Aussie accent. Same. Apologies, Australian listeners. (laughs) Yeah. So shall we go into where are they now? Mm-hmm. I mean, we kind of touched on Renee al- already. She didn't win the Oscar for her role in Bridget Jones or for her part as Roxy Hart in Chicago. Absolute robbery. Uh, <laughs> but she did win a Best Supporting Actress for Cold Mountain in 2004. So not too much longer after that. Okay. And then 20 years later, her career is showing no signs of slowing down. She won the Oscar for Best Actress playing Judy Garland in Judy. Wow. She is an amazing actress. Shall we go on to Colin Firth? Since the film, he's been in films like Nanny McPhee, Mamma Mia, classic, Love Actually, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, and also he's been in the Kingsman movies. Yes. I feel like Colin Firth and Hugh Grant, who we'll go on to next, they are the poster boys for British actors, you know? Like the actors that come to my mind when I think of British actors are... Colin Firth, Hugh Grant, Idris Elba, Tom Holland. That's it. (laughs) None other need apply. Oh, Ian McKellen, maybe. Colin Firth was in Love Actually alongside Hugh Grant. Yes. I love that crossover. Hugh Grant played Daniel Cleaver in Bridget Jones. He's kind of best known for Notting Hill, for Weddings and a Funeral, and a little film 
called Paddington 2, which <gasps> Emily introduced me to. And I was, do you remember, I was not wanting to watch it. And oh my gosh, I loved it. Paddington 2 is one of those films that you just, you don't think you'd ever love. And then you watch it and you're like, oh my God, this is actually really funny. Yeah. I don't even think I watched the first one. No, neither did I. Yeah. Fine. And Colin Firth, apparently was the original voice of Paddington when they were making these movies. He even like recorded the dialogue. And then the uh, producers were like, oh, actually, I just don't think Colin Firth's voice is working for this. So they swapped him out. So that would have been another crossover. Wow. Hugh reprised his role as Daniel Cleaver in the Bridget Jones sequel, The Edge of Reason. But when it came to the third, he turned it down because I think he j- he didn't think the script was up to scratch. So they actually, spoiler alert, killed off Daniel Cleaver in the third film. Oh. He said that he was in a plane crash or something, which is quite tragic. That is... Why do they have to kill him? (laughs) Can he just be like, oh, he's not interested in Bridget? Oh, yeah, he decided to actually go and live permanently in New York with that bitchy woman, Lara. Lara. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, we need to talk about Lara. (laughs) (laughs) So also in the film, we've got characters like Gemma Jones and Jim Broadbent. They were both in the Harry Potter film. So Gemma, she played Madame Pomfrey, um, who's the matron in Hogwarts Hospital. And then (gasps) Jim also played the potions master, Horace Slughorn. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Yeah, so those two have obviously worked together on that. Jim, he has also been in films like Hot Fuzz, The Iron Lady, and again, the two Paddington films. Yes! Yay, we'll pay you in marmalade. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We've also got Sally Phillips as Shazza, Shirley Henderson as Jude, um, Bridget's best friend. Sally was in Channel 4's Smack the Pony. She is just this amazing comedic actress. She also played Tilly in Miranda for like six years. And Shirley Henderson was Jude. She was in Train Spotting and also Moaning Myrtle in Harry Potter. Yes. You know, in the beginning scene where she's like crying in the bathrooms to yes. Bridget, it's because they do like a reference to Harry Potter. So she's crying in the toilets there and she's crying in the toilets i love that i love that i mean i think we've spoken about it before but when directors intentionally put in these kind of easter egg nods to different films that it just yeah it's really good and the fact that i do really like is that shazza is obviously named after the director of the film bridget jones yes i heard about that so sharon is actually um helen fielding's the author's um, best friend. So yes, that is why Shazza is called Shazza. Amazing. Lastly, I wanted to give a really quick shout out to the actress who plays Perpetua. Her name is Felicity Montague. She also played Lynn in the Alan Partridge series. Lynn was Alan's EA and you just felt so sorry for her. When my sister was at nursery, she had a best friend called Olivia and Olivia's mum was Felicity. Wait, I know Olivia. What? I've worked with both of them in Edinburgh and Olivia's friends with my friend Ellie. Are you kidding? Yeah. We're just finding this out on the pod. Yeah, small world. That is crazy. Olivia Nixon. Yeah. That's so right. Yeah, I've met her in completely different circumstance. Like I met her at Ellie's 21st birthday or like it was the second time I met her because I worked in Edinburgh and her Felicity was a voiceover we used. Amazing. So you're saying she wasn't a fat ass old bag who spends her time bossing me around. No, she was lovely. Oh, good. Bridget's words, not mine. (laughs) (laughs) So let's begin with best supporting character and I feel like we definitely need to give a shout out to Shazza. Yes, 
Shazza is a journalist, likes to say fuck a lot, and we are obsessed with her because she's such a like British iconic character. Yeah. You know? You know that bit where Bridget's introducing everyone on the table? She's yeah. like, fuck them. Fuck the lot of them. Tell them they can stick their fucking levis up their fucking asses. <laughs> Just like, whoa, sis. Love it. <laughs> Drops a lot of F-bombs. But I feel like in Britain, if you don't have a friend who swears a lot, are you even British? <laughs> <laughs> But she's so sweet. Like, she always has, like, Bridget's best intentions at heart. I love the scene where they come and pick her up because they're like, okay, we're just, fuck it, we're going to go to Paris for the weekend, shake your mind of everything. And they're so sweet. They help her pack a bag. And then afterwards, they're all bundled in the car when Mark Darcy turns up and they're all watching Bridget and Mark kiss from, like, inside the little car window. And, like, Shazza's face, she's just so happy and so sweet. And she's like, are you coming? And she's, are you um, fucking coming? <laughs> Sorry, you forgot the swear there. That's the most important bit. Oh my god, I've let Shazza down. <laughs> you've let her down. And they're like honking on the horn and like banging on the windows of the car, like, woo woo. Yeah. Like, kind of embarrassing friends, but also like your you biggest white it. people. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And then she's like, are you fucking coming? And then she's like, no, I'm not. And then they're like, well, there's no fucking room anyway. And then they just, what? Do, do they go to Paris? I guess so. Do they drive? Like, I imagine like in that car, probably like a little, little Eurostar action. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to be sitting in that car for too long. No, I mean, there would be no place for the the wine and the, <laughs> the, the wine cooler <laughs> and like the, yeah, the suitcase, the empty suitcase that they're going to pack with duty free cigarettes and cheese. And cheese. <laughs> so, yeah, no, Shazza is an icon. I think she's brilliant. Definitely. I want to give a shout out to two niche characters. There's one which is the Greek guy in the restaurant when <laughs> Daniel and Mark are having the fight and it's the guy who's like walking down the stairs with his massive cake, like birthday cake. Yeah. He doesn't know what to do in the midst of all the chaos and he's like, happy birthday <laughs> to you. And like they just fully stop the fight to sing. It's so bizarre. And so British, so let's British. be honest. Sorry, side note, that cake looked incredible. Yeah. So jealous. I want a, a like an Athens-themed birthday cake. Definitely. If that is like a showstopper. Yes. Mary Berry would be very impressed with that. You would get the handshake. Did you know that Mary Berry has a bit of a funny hand? Oh, no. I don't know what it is, but um, someone pointed it out to me and now I cannot unsee it. Is it because she's old? Maybe she had one really, really tight handshake from Paul Hollywood and it was just never the same. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, ah, Paul, you're so <laughs> He's like, eh, eh. <laughs> I don't like him. I don't like the guy. Uh, I think he's trash. I mean, is he the best bread baker in the world? Who knows? <laughs> Right, so sorry, you said you had another niche character. Yeah, I've got another niche character and it is the guy who is kind of like standing outside Bridget's bar market apartment when mm. she's running to Mark in the snow. Oh, in and, her underwear. Yeah, in her underwear and her cardigan and like little tank top. <laughs> and he's like, good luck, crazy girl. <laughs> and I mean, it's those hype men in the street. They can come across as a bit odd, but really they're just fantastic members of society. Yeah, when you stop being pervy or creepy and actually just being encouraging and complimentary it's like okay all right thanks <laughs> thanks weird man <laughs> exactly i respect you exactly so I love that. yeah so yes he definitely needs a shout out so i think we have someone that we want to 
award best supporting character yeah and it's kind of like the nichest of niche characters but she deserves it because she is an exotic icon apparently (laughs) so it's when bridget is at the vickers and tarts party and she turns up in costume not realizing that actually the whole costume theme was actually cancelled and no one told her love that and una her aunt says oh bridget there you are don't worry you're not the only one this is Penny. Jeffrey didn't get in touch with her either. And Penny is this like really cute, like middle-aged woman who's just like got her little paper plate ready at the barbecue to get like a sausage or something. Yeah, she looks amazing. She looks amazing. And she's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. And then Una's like, oh, I was just saying, Jeffrey didn't contact you either to tell you that the Tarts and Vickers concept had gone out the window. And Penny is like, oh, yes, he did. And Una's face drops and she kind of like looks Penny up and down. And she's like, oh, right. Lovely dress. Very exotic. And Penny storms off. Oh my gosh. She only has like two lines of dialogue, but uh living for her. She's living her best life. It's like really cute, pink, like really blouse. I think she's even got like a flower in her hair as well. So yeah. cute. Do you know what? When I'm like 69, well like Wee. Wee. <laughs> <laughs> It's like when you're at McDonald's waiting for your order and the guy is like, order 69! And the whole restaurant's like, yeah! (laughs) (laughs) All this for a McFlurry? That is so funny. Yeah, well, when I'm that age, I want to take care of my appearance. Yeah? Yeah. Completely. So I will do a penny. Do a penny. Wait, (laughs) does that mean have a pee? Oh, no. I'm getting it all wrong today. Anyway, well, the only person at that party who also forgot about the Tarts and Vickers theme was Aunt Shirley. She's the woman who's like creeping behind the bushes and she's wearing like, is she wearing neon? I don't know, but she's got like... I think like neon top, leather mini... leather skirt. (laughs) And like maybe fishnets as well. Yeah. She's an icon as well. Mm -hmm. Looks a bit like Patrick. (gasps) You know from Spongebob when he is dressed? Yes! That's that. Oh my God, in the movie! Yeah. Oh my god. Patrick Starr cameo and Bridget Jones, everyone. Check it out. (laughs) (laughs) Aunt Shirley, the theme's off. No, this is Patrick. (laughs) Hey, Patrick, who was that? That is a terrible SpongeBob impersonation. Anyway, on that note, let's go on to our next category. Bye, SpongeBob. Buddy the Elf. Oh my god, this is a disaster. All right, we're quitting. Bye, guys. See ya. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. So now we're going to discuss most iconic outfits. And we've just talked about the Tarts and Vickers party. Yeah. And so I think now would be the perfect place to talk about Bridget's bunny costume. Yes, her Playboy bunny outfit. Like the ears are a bit wonky and kind of like, it's not like a perky costume, is it? She doesn't look like she's come from Hugh Hefner's mansion, does she? No, but I do think she looks pretty good. I don't know. I thought it was a really cute outfit. And I think given the right setting, maybe not you know like a sunday lunchtime garden party with like 60 and 70 year olds it actually would have been a massive hit yeah and uncle jeffrey he's really a perv isn't he because there's that iconic scene where he just he's like honking her bunny tail like honk honk and it's like uncle jeffrey stop yeah no not about that that was not cute no i think we should also give a shout out to Another iconic Bridget moment, which is when at the beginning of the film where she's like crying in her apartment, she's wearing her red flannel pajamas. <gasps> oh, I love those. Yeah. And they've got like penguin prints on them. Something like that. Yeah. Very M&S. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the one Christmas present staple that you actually do want. Yeah. Every year. I mean, you'd probably get it from your grandma, but you'd be like, I <laughs> wouldn't have picked these, but they're hella comfy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'll exactly. I'll keep them. And I... the uh, Ben and Jerry's ice cream accessory always helps as well. Oh, of course. Love a bit of BJ. <laughs> <laughs> so we also should mention her see-through top with the black bra and the short skirt. I love this one. So she wears this to kind of like flirt with Daniel Cleaver, doesn't she? Like she wears it on purpose, but it's like fridge. Come on. Oh my God. HR would jump on that so quickly nowadays. Wear a nude bra underneath. You'd still be able to see it under. Yeah. I don't know. I thought the point was like, she's just drawing attention to her boobs with a black bra. She was so brave. So, so brave. But it caught Daniel's attention. And he did ask her for dinner, but we obviously all know how their relationship ended. So yeah, maybe give the sheer top a miss next time. Yeah, attracted the wrong kind of guy, basically. So I think we do need to award most iconic outfit to Bridget's massive pants. (laughs) Like it would be an absolute sin if we didn't (laughs) say that that was the most iconic outfit. It's when she's going to go to this work event. Yes. And she knows Daniel Cleaver's attic is a work thing. And she decides no. 
to small knickers and says like these big pants are the only ones that are gonna like hold me in yeah were they like spanks or were they literally just big knickers i want to find out was spanks invented after or before mm. bridget jones mm. because <laughs> they should make like a bridget jones collaboration with spanks yes they definitely should to make like sexy versions i mean like kim k skims who no no bridget walked so kim k could run yes she did <laughs> I think we all learned the lesson. Never wear pants like that on a date. Don't do it. Even though Daniel Cleaver loved them. He did. He was like, oh, mummy. With yeah. uh, mummy issues. I mean, clearly. yeah. Oh, yeah. He was like, now these are very silly little boots, Jones. And this is a very silly little dress. And um, these are, fuck me, <laughs> absolutely enormous panties. <laughs> and she's like, Jesus, fuck I'm swearing this. I really hope my mum's not listening. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, don't apologise. I like them. Hello, mummy. <gasps> oh, and you then, would just melt into the ground. You'd be yeah. so mortified. He's like, I'm sorry. I have to have another look. They're too good to be true. And she's like, no. And he's like, they're nothing to be embarrassed about. I'm wearing something similar myself. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, my goodness. Apparently, Hugh Grant improvised that line. Hello, mummy. Really? Yeah, and they kept it in. Oh, wow. But then Richard obviously has a change of heart because, you know, towards the end of the film, she is fine running literally outside on the street in those big leopard print underwear as well. Yeah. So obviously she's found her peace with them. I know. They're very like Rocky approved, you know, like tiger print pants. If you look closely, you can see the eye of her tiger. Ah! (laughs) I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. (laughs) Neither do I. We need to go into the next category. Okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. Okay, so here we are. Best musical moment. This soundtrack is a feminist anthem compilation from start to finish. I am obsessed with it. I love this soundtrack so much. We had this on CD at home. (gasps) So me, like a 10 year old, is like running out into the garden, like listening to Raining Men. (laughs) (laughs) It's Raining Men. It's like, you are 10. (laughs) Hallelujah. Um... Yeah, oh my gosh, it's absolutely iconic. I mean, I think the song most people would probably assume that we would choose for best musical moment is obviously All By Myself. Yes. Because that's like the real like sad anthem and we're supposed to be like, oh... Poor Bridget. Yeah, she's a um, bit tragic. It's at the yeah. very beginning of the film. Yeah, but... she's, she's next to all the empty bottles of wine and like a plate of cigarette butts. And, yeah. I mean, it is a bit tragic. Let's be honest, like pick yourself up. You it know? is. I mean, you know, if we've gone through heartbreak or we're not feeling like amazing about ourselves, that can happen sometimes. That happens. Whack it on all by myself. Yeah, exactly. Cry it out. Yeah, it'll get you through. But because I don't think it like puts Bridget in like the best light, I kind of don't want to award that best musical moment Mm. because she has such a character arc that i think that there is yeah some other amazing songs that we need to shine a spotlight on yeah there are some absolute tunes (laughs) i love the i'm every woman montage in the film yeah uh, by Shaka Khan and it's when you know she's going to the gym she's throwing out her cigarettes she is like replacing all her self-help books with like empowering ones that is such an amazing moment so I love it and also that song is incredible Shaka yes. Khan was on 
the last season of Drag Race as a judge and ugh, legend. Yeah, living legend. Um, there are some absolute tunes on the soundtrack. We've also got Artful Dodger and it's the song Women Trouble Feet Craig David. Yes. So it's just when she's done that interview, which Mark Darcy has like helped her get. And then her sit up Britain boss is like, oh my God, Bridget Jones, you're a legend. Yes. <laughs> and then it starts playing that surrounded, confounded, emotionally dumbfounded. Yes. Like um, peak 90s garage yeah. kind of like love uh, of garage yeah it it oh god it encapsulated that time so well that yeah. was such a good one on the other kind of musical spectrum it's raining men by jerry halliwell yes oh that was great go ahead girl you know you want to <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't think at that point i'd forgiven jerry for leaving the spice girls but um, um it was a she won back some points by doing that song yes agreed yeah. and i remember the music video of that and she's like you know prancing around that dance studio yeah. it was madonna before madonna did it yeah exactly <laughs> uh, we've also got ain't no mountain high enough this is when she's like driving to the darcy's party when she finds out that it was actually daniel who slept with mark's fiance not the other, not way, the other way around and also when she runs after him in the snow at the end so they use it twice yeah, so it's quite nice I love that. a song that both me and you love is gabrielle's out of reach <gasps> gabrielle oh, she is a british icon she was on the masked singer yes yes she this was season. and her nephew works at sony with me i'm obsessed yes so yeah that honestly Amazing. out of reach is like that's after she walked in on daniel sleeping with the american bitch right i think they might play it then they definitely play it when she's found out mark is going to new york and he uh, arrives in new york and then she's kind of like makes her journey back home to the flat and stuff got it okay yeah, and then we're, her friends are like oh you know we're gonna take you to paris and yeah right okay yeah yeah Port um Bridge. Bridge. <laughs> we sympathize um best musical moment has to be aretha franklin with respect oh Yes, because, that is an anthem. Because it comes at that point where Bridget finally kind of stands up for herself and she has this confrontation with Daniel in the office. Uh, do you have the line? Because it's, ugh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's when he says that because of their personal relationship that he may have overlooked her professionally. And she's like, thank you, Daniel. That is very good to know. But if staying here means working within 10 yards of you, frankly, I'd rather have a job wiping Saddam Hussein's ass, and then it goes R E S P U C G, and it's like the biggest like mic drop. Yes, moment. It's amazing. Oh my god, that is when like you can imagine cinemas like erupt. Like yes, Bridget. Exactly. And what would you do if you witnessed that in your office? I'd be like, oh, oh my god burn because you're always told when you're like made redundant or fired or you know whatever to have respect like be very graceful and kind of lead yeah. gracefully but sometimes all you want to say is fuck you yeah i'm off yeah she's showing so... respect for herself so i think absolutely warranted she did amazing everyone like kind of lives to have that moment in work yeah. as well it's the kind of moment, you know, sometimes when you're like, oh, I wish I said that. Yes. It's the kind of conversation you'd have to yourself when you're like, 
on the in bus the shower. home. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you're like, what can I say? And then the perfect moment arises and you're like, yes. Zing. So yeah, go on bridge. Aretha yes, Franklin. Bridge. Respect is definitely best musical moment. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. We'll do that on karaoke next when we're finally allowed in, yes. in society. Okay, again. you sing that and then I'll do Bridget's rendition of Without You. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bring the vodka and big knickers. I'm already wearing the big knickers. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we're doing best quotes. Oh, Bridget Jones has many amazing quotes. She does. There are a few that just really tickled me and maybe I thought they were funny. <laughs> a scene right at the beginning where Bridget's in a taxi with her friends and they open the door and she kind of just literally face plants out the side of the taxi on straight onto the pavement and she's like oops and then I think Shazza's like mind the step and then Tom is like she's fine drive on and they leave her some friends I know and Bridget is such a good friend to them because there's also a quote where Jude it's at the beginning where she's in the toilets and she rings Bridget and she's like he doesn't like me and like she's obviously yeah complaining about the guy she's dating yeah and Bridget's like he's just a knobhead with no knob (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like that is so something you'd say to your friends you just like you'd find the worst thing about him basically absolutely and speaking of the friends there's this amazing back and forth with Tom when they're at dinner (laughs) where the old couple (laughs) tap Tom on the shoulder and throughout the film Tom's been recognized as being this like singer from the 80s and this bless me, this old man taps Tom on the shoulder and goes I'm sorry to interrupt you during dinner it's just that and Tom interrupts he goes yes it is me nine years ago no plans to record anything else thank you and start, turns back to the table and then the old man goes it's just that your chair is on my wife's coat <laughs> and the friends are like oh my god Oh my goodness. You would hold on to that forever. You would constantly rip the piss out of it. You'd be so embarrassed. <laughs> so funny. Obviously, this film is about Bridget Jones's diary. So I think what we need, do need to discuss is Bridget's resolution as a quote. So she's like, resolution number one. Ugh, I'll obviously lose 20 pounds. Two, always put last night's panties in the laundry basket. Equally important, we'll find nice, sensible boyfriend and stop forming romantic attachments to any of the following. Alcoholics, workaholics, sexaholics, commitment phobics, peeping toms, megalomaniacs, emotional fuckwits or perverts. We'll especially stop fantasising about a particular person who embodies all of these things. Oh my god. Whoa. I mean, yeah. You don't want any of those things. Red I mean, flags. Yeah, and she's setting her New Year's resolutions out early. I mean, she's gone in depth a lot. Normally my New Year's resolutions are like, mm, stay off the chocolate. And she's like, <laughs> no, this is what I need. Yes, but she got real specific. Apparently the only way to stick to a resolution is if you write it down as a goal and put an end date and like stick it on your wall and look at it every day. Yes, my friend Rachel told me this. I think Bridget has those amazing bits of dialogue that's like in her head versus what she actually says. So when she's at the launch party of the new book, Perpetua comes up to her and Mark Darcy and goes, anyone going to introduce me? And Bridget to herself is like, ah, Okay, introduce people with thoughtful details. In Bridget's mind, she goes, Perpetua, this is Mark Darcy. Mark is a prematurely middle-aged prick with a cruel-raced ex-wife. 
Perpetua is a fat ass old bag who spends her time bossing me around. <laughs> Sometimes you just wish you could say that stuff she out loud. She actually said it out loud. I wish she had. I know. If you see it for the first time, sometimes you're like, did she just actually say that? Yes. I think a really funny quote is when she's been going to all the different TV channels to see if she can like get a job. And she ends up at Richard Finch's company, which is Sit Up Britain. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why do you want to work on television? She's like, I've got to leave my job because I shagged my boss. <laughs> and he's like, fair enough. Start on Monday. <laughs> Imagine if it was that easy to get a job in television. Oh, my God. Well, it was like the early noughties. So maybe it was. I know. Well, yeah, because there's scenes of her like opening up a newspaper and like circling around like TV assistant. Like what? Yeah, honey, that is not how it goes. No. Now you've got to make your CV like real fancy like you've got to make it look like the front page of netflix or something (laughs) or you've got to stand with a billboard in waterloo station look like an absolute idiot yeah but then sometimes it works weird there's also the one where she's like at times like this continuing with one's life seems impossible and eating the entirety of one's fridge seems inevitable i have two choices to give up and accept permanent state of spinsterhood and eventual being eaten by Alsatians. <laughs> or not. And this time I choose not. I'll not be defeated by a bad man and an American stick insect. Instead, I choose vodka and Shaka Khan. Yay! Oh, yay! That should be like the mantra, you know? Whenever you're in a bad place with a guy, you just go, nope. I choose vodka and shaka khan. Yeah, no more scraping mold off that block of cheese. Oh, yeah. Blech. Honey, you live right next to Borough Market. Trot down and get some <laughs> real food. <laughs> I mean, those stairs, that's enough to turn anyone off. Okay, fine. <laughs> Let me just throw it back to that launch party again, because when Bridget is about to introduce her boss to the stage, she's like, here is the man we like to call Mr. Uh... And then in her head, she's like, Tits pervert, tits pervert. Fitz Herbert. Because that is his name. (laughs) (laughs) She's really not got this whole public speaking thing down. No. Bless her. I don't. And imagine having the surname Fitz Herbert now. Yeah. I knew someone called Robert Fitz Herbert Crisp. I mean, how do you make Fitz Herbert worse? (laughs) I know. Although Crisp. Not mad at crisps. Oh my god! I remember there was a girl at my school once who said her mum was a was a what's it called a midwife, and one of the people who had a baby was like, "Oh, we really want to name our kid Chris," and she was like, "Um, your surname is Peacock," because <laughs> the baby would have been Chris Peacock. <gasps> no! Oh my god, that took me so long. <gasps> what? Yeah. How bad is that? Crispy cock. The only other name that will be worse than that is Drew. Ah! (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my goodness. I always find like if you have a name that could be a pun, you have to lean into it. Like, because I think it's just like, come on, the opportunity is there. Like, come on. Well, your sister's going to become Mrs. Brown. So maybe she needs a kid called Charlie. Charlie Brown. Well, I mean, there's already a James Brown in the family. Ow! I feel good. Amazing. Um, shall we award our best quote, which has to be when Bridget Jones has just finished having sex with Daniel Cleaver mm-hmm. and the phone rings. <laughs> this is, and remember, this is the days before caller ID or mobile, really mobile phones. Yeah. They were only just kind of becoming mainstream. So she has a landline. Yeah. She picks up the phone and she's like, Bridget Jones wanting sex goddess with a very bad man between her thighs. Mum, 
die. <laughs> I would drop dead if that was me. You would just... Like, I mean, that would be my mum's funeral as well. Because <laughs> if she heard me saying that, she'd be, so, she'd be so sad. Why was she saying that in the first place? Is that supposed to be impressive? Like, was she just showing, like, oh, I'm confident? Well, like, if you think about it, who's calling at, what, like, 11pm at night? You'd just be like, oh, God, here we go, BT again. Oh, yeah. Someone trying to sell me PPI. <laughs> fair enough, fair yeah. enough. Oh, my gosh, that was incredible. Mortifying, but you got to respect the confidence. Uh, yeah. So I think that is why we are awarding it best quote. Mm-hmm. Next time I have sex, I'll pick up the phone and say that. Great. Even though you have caller ID and know exactly who's picking yeah, up. Yeah, I'll just say it anyway. Why don't you just, to save time, just call your mum directly and say it. Yeah, or leave us my voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> Emily wanting sex goddess <laughs> with a very bad man between my thighs. And it's like... Emily, hi, this is uh, the HR recruiter. I was going to tell you you got the job, but uh, never mind. <laughs> okay, so now we're doing our favourite part of the podcast, which is can we discuss? The first thing we need to discuss is she lives in Borough Market. Why is she sad? Yeah, you live in Borough Market. That is a massive tick. Yeah, absolutely. At that age. But I don't know what the uh, rent was like in 2001, but she's got this stunning top floor flat in Borough Market on a PA's salary. And like, what's the average rent around there? A million pounds. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, when people are like, oh, I live in Borough Market, they live like 20 minutes away from Borough Market. Yeah. She lives right on the corner. Like, if you go to Borough Market, you can see the flat. Yes. And she, you know that nowadays she would not even be doing her shopping in Borough Market. It's like eight pounds a tomato. Literally, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's just this kind of magical time where everyone had money. Like her friends turn up on the doorstep and like, we're going to take you to Paris. Like how rich are her friends that they can just do that on a whim? Yeah. And also, why are they so obsessed with her being single when every single one of them in that group is also single? Yes, that's so true. Like they home in on her like sadness. Yeah, like I just don't understand how we're supposed to consider Bridget a spinster at 32 yeah like nowadays if your friends are married have a mortgage and have babies they're the odd ones out oh my god completely like what we're 28 and it's really hard to kind of like imagine like i wonder what date it will be that like i have children yeah i don't know it's mad like i think we're still kind of in that weird in between where we have like societal pressure from kind of everywhere especially parents are kind of like assuming now's the time that we need to kind of be settling down because that's what they were doing at our age but the world has evolved since then Mm. and like didn't you tell me that the average lifespan of people was shorter back in the day so you were expected to settle down earlier but now that's not so much the case exactly kind of the same rumors have stemmed from like way before like Victorian times when you literally lived until you were like 45 so of course you had to have kids by the time you were 30 I mean like we can't disregard the fact that our bodies do have they do have a clock that you will hit menopause at some point and your eggs will dry out (laughs) not to like scare anyone (laughs) but you know but that obviously happens but I think when you stress about being single you're not going to find that relationship because I think you end up giving off the energy that you're like in lack 
and you don't want to be like that you want to kind of feel abundant and that comes from like loving yourself and feeling confident doing all of this stuff that makes you a really interesting person oh my god I feel so much more enlightened yeah you don't want to be in a place where you're with a Daniel Cleaver you want to be with a Mark Darcy well let's let's maybe move on to Daniel Cleaver Mm. I mean I kind of feel like Bridget's fear of never settling down and view of Daniel kind of just being this amazing guy who's out of her league causes her to look over you know his kind of cringy pickup lines his subtle jabs uh her confidence and that just kind of underlying commitment phobia like he is not a good person and he strings her along for so long yeah and i'm so glad that she kind of finally has that realization after he gets into the fight with mark and she's kind of like this isn't good enough for me yeah and she walks away from him yeah exactly because doesn't he say something like oh if it doesn't work out with you it won't work out with anyone and it's like uh well that's kind of a bit of a diss it's saying that i'll take anyone yes. and like you know i'll fall for anyone which is not cute and that might have worked for her like early in the film but like no way no. no way now the one thing about daniel cleaver that's in this film that you could not get away with now is obviously his like sexual harassment <gasps> oh um, my god it's off the scale yeah and like this film is only 20 years old and just to put it in perspective that kind of behavior went on all the time not oh that yeah we were eight years old so we weren't experiencing this but i have to say like in my beginnings of my career and that's when i finished uni we're talking like 2014 i definitely experienced stuff like that guys experience it girls experience it. it's just like ugh, no yeah. but i mean daniel cleaver is kind of like ugh, the archetype of a uh, sleazy boss you know he mm-hmm. emails bridget p.s like your tits in that top could you imagine just forward it straight to hr <laughs> and he has his his hand on her bum in the lift and you know you feel like nowadays as soon as that had happened she could have reported to hr and he probably would have got fired because that kind of office behavior does not fly in 2021 but you know it was quite of its time and and kind of the norm which is horrible yeah so it's not just sexual harassment it's also body shaming um that's in this film and this is something It's very like British media. I think it's like this all over the world, to be honest. But in the early 2000s, it was like you were only pretty if you were a stick insect. And like everyone knows that women's body fluctuates the whole way, Mm -hmm. you know, because of our hormones. We're just on this constant cycle. So your body weight is always going up and down. You can't even help it. Yeah. And it's just it's kind of toxic. And there's so much like fat shaming in this. Like Lara, Daniel Cleaver's like New York girlfriend is like, oh, I thought you said she was thin. Yeah. Like, oh my God, that, oh, that pissed me off so much. Because, sorry, like Bridget's just caught you cheating and then she's going to have the audacity to be like, oh, I thought she was thin. Fuck off. Yeah. She, Bridget is like a size 10, 12 in, in this film. Why is that considered like morbidly obese? At the beginning of every diary entry, she uh, writes down her weight. I mean, sure, you know, feel free to keep an eye on your weight, but like it does fluctuate. So don't stress yourself out about it. What I don't understand why she even has problems with weight, because it's not like she can cook. This is so true. So what's she eating that's like, is it it the alcohol? Yeah, it's probably the Chardonnay and Ben and Jerry's, I suppose. Sorry, just mentioning the food. At what point when you're having to serve blue soup that's got yarn dye in it 
why don't you just order a takeaway? Yeah, our Chinese takeaway on speed dial. Please. I mean, I know we're in the days before Deliveroo, but come on. You live in Borough Market. Like, get creative. A hundred percent. And if I was her friends, I'd be like, we can't eat this. Yeah. I'm not going to eat. Bridge, I love you. But, but I'm not going to. chemicals. Yeah, put the chemicals from some blue string <laughs> into my body. The thing that I need to discuss with you, this is probably like the point that I was so thrown by. Bridge is doing her first like serious journalist report and she just nips to the shop. She buys a packet of polos and a bag of wheat crunchies for 14p. In what universe, when a Freddo has gone up from like 10p to, I think it's like 30p it now. It to be 2p. Oh! <gasps> Honestly, when she said that she paid 14p for that, I could not believe. And I suppose the final thing we should discuss is like how you kind of dodge the question, how's your love life? Oh, I find like you get that more and more when you grow up and it's like, oh, it's actually none of your business. Yeah, it's just how it is. Sorry. I'd read something somewhere where, and it was a girl saying that whenever someone asked her aunt why she's not in a relationship, she'd be like, I'm lucky, I guess. And that was her yes. response. So just saying like, I'm lucky, I guess, is like the perfect yeah, response. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. You're just flipping it on its head. Yeah. You're just going, oh, because it's my choice. Yeah. Instead of kind of feeling like you have to explain away why you are happily single or, you know, looking or, you know, dating a few people. Like, yeah. it's up to you. It's 100%. your timeline. That scene where Bridget is invited to the dinner party and everyone else there are couples that are so smug and like so rude to her. Or I don't know if this is just coming from a single girl standpoint, but sometimes you do see people in couples and you think you have no standards. <laughs> <laughs> Like you two are not well matched. Like yeah. you're in a relationship for the sake of it. You look like a serial jumper from one guy to the other. Yeah. Like it's just like, no, 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 no. It's much better, I think, personally, to be single and know your standards and boundaries. And then you will just end up with the perfect guy in the end. Yes. I love this. So. This advice column from Emily Sanford. <laughs> Well, from questions about your love life to questions about Bridget Jones' diary, shall we move on to the trivia round? Yes, put on your lucky pants. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, trivia round. I'm going to start and I'm going to throw you a softball to kind of ease us into it. Okay. So what embarrassing mishap happens to Bridget the first time she's on live TV? So the first time she's on live TV, she slips down the fireman's pole. Yes. Excellent. And her bum is literally like exposed to the camera and she keeps playing it like... (laughs) Yeah, she's like... To the studio. <laughs> I think she actually shouldn't do a bad job. No, I think she's an iconic yeah. British TV presenter. Um, okay, so I've got one. Mark Darcy is how many years older than Bridget? So remember, they've kind of like grown up together. He's like watched her naked. Yeah, <laughs> in the garden, playing in the paddling, paddling pool, pool when she was six, five. No, uh, yeah, I'm gonna say five. Four. Oh! years older i mean you seem to go out of your way to try to make me feel like a complete idiot okay here's one for you what was bridget's mum selling in the department store she was selling like an egg peeler yes excellent do you remember the name oof peeler 
<laughs> it was the wise crack egg peeler. Oh, right. But you got it. And then it was really gross. is French for egg, egg. Isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And then at the end, a bit of like white liquid like squelches out of it. Oh. Pretty grim. Yeah, the demonstration is a bit like, oh, come on, guys. Yeah. Like... <laughs> she knew what she was doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, I've got another Mark question for you. Mark tells Bridget that he likes her dot, dot, dot. Just the way she is. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so refreshing to hear that I'm actually okay the way I am. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. What was the name of the children's TV show that Bridget interviewed for? Oh, my gosh. She she's professing how much she loves kids and how they're the future. And then he's like, "Oh, do you have any kids of your own?" And she's like, "Oh God, no." <laughs> and he's like, "Mm-hmm," and goes and crosses her name off oh, his list. Oh no, I've actually got no idea. It was teenage kicks. Oh. There's like a big sign behind her. I mean, you seem to go out of your way to try to make me feel like a complete idiot. All right, what does Bridget tell the carolers to do outside her home? Remember, she's sitting with her dad. I do remember that. Is it like bog off or something? <laughs> All right, Tracy Beaker. <laughs> <laughs> Piss off? No, it's bugger off. I mean, you seem to go out of your way to try to make me feel like a complete idiot. Bugger off. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Bugger off. Bugger off. Yeah. Okay. What does Daniel shout moments before he falls into the river? So he's in a little rowboat and Bridget's in a rowboat as well. And he's kind of drinking and smoking and he stands up. And he like proclaims something and then he kind of loses his balance and falls into the oh, river. Oh gosh. All I know is he does like a poem about someone from Ealing and then... <laughs> yeah, that dirty liberate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Does he say, oh fuck. <laughs> I don't know. He does. The, the line I was thinking of is, I'm the king of the world. Oh. I mean, you seem to go out of your way to try to make me feel like a complete idiot. Little Titanic throwback. Oh, I see. And fun fact, Kate Winslet was originally considered for the role of Bridget Jones, but she was like 24 at the time of filming and they they just deemed her she was too young. And Renee Zellweger was actually 32. Yes, she was bang on 32. Yeah, it was meant to be. I'm into that. I'm into that. All right. So in the scene where Mark goes to New York, we see Bridget writing in her diary. Like she crosses out something she's written on the front page. And she writes, diary of Bridget Jones, spinster and... I've got no idea. I, I can picture it, but I can't think what she wrote. Spinster and old trollop. <laughs> I mean, you seem to go out of your way to try to make me feel like a complete idiot. Close. (laughs) No, she puts lunatic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, Bridge. Love yourself. Hard on yourself. I know, I know, I know. All right, my final question to you. This happens right at the beginning of the film, and it's only one shot, so it is a hard one. When Bridget is in her pajamas uh, drinking wine, she's watching something on TV. Can you remember what it is? I think Channel 4 on the weekdays, sometimes they'd show it. Honey, Channel 4 in the mornings when I was eight was like the hoobs. Ah! <laughs> hoop, hoop, hooray! That was hooray. terrifying. It was Frasier. Oh. I mean, you seem to go out of your way to try to make me feel like a complete idiot. Frasier, yeah. classic Frasier. All right. So my last question is, so when Bridget kisses Mark Darcy in the snow... 
mm-hmm. when he's gone to buy her a new diary. Yeah. We all think like, oh my God, he's just left her forever. Yeah. He wraps her in his coat. Yeah. And she says to him, nice boys don't kiss like that. To which he replies. Oh, um, it's like, oh, yes, they fucking do. Yes. Excellent. Yay. And yes. then they have like that amazing kiss right at the oh. end. Gorgeous. And the film is finished. Oh, my oh, gosh. Thin. In the snow. Trey romantic. Oh, Trey romantic and Trey pneumonia. <laughs> <laughs> Deleted scene. Bridget dies of pneumonia. Bridget Jones's diaries. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, guys, for listening to this episode of Hey Now, Hey Now. And thank you for recommending Bridget Jones' diary. I mean, it's an absolutely iconic film. If you want to check out our Instagram at Hey Now, Hey Now, we post some throwbacks to incredible films. And if you want to drop us a little review on Apple Podcasts as well, we would really appreciate that. It will be amazing. Don't be a Daniel Cleaver. Be a Mark Sharcy, please. Always and forever. Reindeer jumper optional. Or snowman tie. Oh, yeah. He was a fashion. Oh, Yes, he was. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I really fancy some Chardonnay now. (gasps) Yes. Okay. All right. You get that. I'll go the Ben and Jerry's. (laughs) Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.